You may remember that last year I spoke at the Stepmom Summit, and this year I'm speaking again. The Stepmom Summit is a three-day virtual event that will help stepmoms improve their blended family lives. The event is running from April 20th to the 22nd with five to seven presentations every day with some kick-ass experts. Speakers include Nina Purewell, a best-selling author, and she's talking about how to let shit go. Michelle Dempsey is speaking on effective co-parenting. Mindy Kyle is speaking on how to avoid a stepmom burnout. Cameron from This Custom Life is speaking on how to survive the teenage years. Beth from Inclusive Stepmom is speaking on how to thrive as a childless stepmom. Christina from Radical Stepmom Podcast is talking about how to handle when expectations don't get met. And I'm going to dive into how to disengage the right way. Plus, there's so many more experts. It's just way too long to share in this blurb. Now, if you want to attend live, it is totally free, but there's also an opportunity to get access to all the recordings if you can't make it. This is just such a great resource, and I am so thrilled to be part of the speaker lineup. To get access to these interviews, you can sign up via jamiescrimger.com forward slash stepmom summit. That link will take you right to the stepmom summit page. That's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash stepmom summit. It's going to be good. Marriage doesn't always serve you. I can tell you're hanging on for dear life at times. What? No, when there are periods, you know that. Okay. We've been through dear periods. Dear life? Yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful when you're, especially in a step situation, when you're dealing with all these, we've always talked about that. You're, you're getting something from the ex, you're getting something from the new wife, you're getting something from the kids, you've got work obligations, you've got extracurricular, you're trying to balance your friends, your your mental health. It's challenging. So there are moments when the whole relationship is not serving you, but you know it's there for a reason and you love it and you get through it. I guess hanging on for dear life is a little bit yeah, of an exaggeration. Play a little tiny violin for you. <laughs> hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom, though. Here, we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Welcome back, Darren. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Thanks for coming. (laughs) Anything for you. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So today we are doing... Kind of like a what would we do in this situation. So on Instagram, I asked my fellow stepmoms to send in situations that have come up for them in their stepfamily life, and we will tell them how we would approach it. Obviously, follow our advice at your own risk. Maybe it's not always the best advice, or maybe it is. I don't know. We've been through a lot of this. We've been through a lot of this. We've actually made a lot of mistakes, too. So we can look back and be like, eh, I don't know. Maybe that wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Or you can learn from our mistakes. Yeah. What do you think our biggest mistake was? Well, it's it's hard to tell. There's probably lots of big mistakes, but I would think that it's the reaction at the beginning would always be so swift and without thought sometimes. And we would argue a lot more than we probably should have. 
now that we look back. Although, again, you know, we can look back, but it was when you're in the thick of things, there were a lot of emotions. There was a lot going on. There was. Mm-hmm. What's that saying? Sometimes peace is better than being right. I feel like we should have maybe listened to that more. Yeah, but then, you know, there were times where, you know, we weren't trying to make a principle, but it was not fair. Life isn't fair, though. That's and co parenting isn't fair. So with that, <laughs> let's dive in to some of the questions that were submitted. So first question is, and we have a bunch of them, so we'll keep it just kind of short and sweet. Obviously, there's more to the situation, and we can only answer based on what we know from a very small question box on Instagram. But first one is, what would you do? So what do we do when my teenager makes regular comments about not wanting us to get married? We've been together for four years. I think the first thing I would do would be ask them why. Well, they probably don't like the other person. <laughs> we don't know that. Maybe they've seen their parents break up and they don't believe in marriage. Or maybe they've worried that if there is a marriage that this is more permanent. I don't know. I it think could they be probably hate the step-parent. There could be a hundred million reasons, but I think digging down and asking, okay, you know, your opinion's important because you're part of this family, but why do you not want us to get married? And then that can open up a whole conversation that mm-hmm. might solve a lot of things if you can get to the bottom of what is the real reason. Yeah. And I also think there's power in validating that opinion, but also letting them know, you know, you're going to make the decision that you feel is best for you and the family. The teenager is going to move out in the next four or five years. You know, you get to decide how you want to live your life. So I don't think you should be giving the teenager so much power while also making them feel like they have not a say, but your their opinion matters. Yeah, we've never let the kids dictate what we're going to do, but we often will quiz them or include them. Hear them but out. in big decisions, mm-hmm. you know, that that's something between us. Next one. If your stepchild doesn't want you at their wedding, does he go without you or not at all? Ooh, that's a tough one. And we haven't gotten there. I think I'm invited to the wedding. I think you are too, but that's a that's What do you a mean? One. As if it's like a question? <laughs> I'm just saying that obviously there's a stressed relationship there if the stepchild doesn't want the stepmom at the wedding. I think the father has to go and see their 100%. child get married. But yeah, I, that, that's, a, that's a tough one. I think that the the dad does need to do some advocating and kind of dive into what's happening in this relationship. And again, we don't know what's going on, but is there ways to mend this? Is there a way to have an open and honest conversation? Is there a way to clean the slate and move forward? Or do they just hate the stepmom and they're like, I don't want them there? They actually have a right to say that. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah you're looking I, I at me. you do get it. <laughs> well, I do get it. You know, when we were getting married... My mom wanted to bring her boyfriend at the time. And I, I said no, because her boyfriend had beef with my dad. God, how many years later? This is always, there's stuff going, always stuff going on. But, and it was just going to be an awkward situation. They hadn't been together for that long. And I was just like, I don't think it's necessary. Looking back, I probably should have said, fine, whatever. But in the moment, that felt like the right thing to do. So it is their wedding and they get to say, but ugh. Sucks. Okay, mom flew to another state with her boyfriend and left the stepkids to watch her son in the house alone, and she didn't tell their dad. So I sent this girl a message asking what age they were, and I think they were like 15 and 16, and the kid is nine. 
15 I, and 16 is young. Yeah, I would say that's a that's that's young. I would say mom should have let dad know what was going on. I mean, even now we still have that dialogue when we want to have one of the kids even stay for a night or babysit Reese. We will ask her. It's not as much now, especially with the older ones. They're well, they're over 18, 18 and 20. But when they're 15 and 16, they're still pretty young. And I, I think there is a responsibility there to let the dad know that this is on the kids, especially flying away. You know, it's not just a night out mm-hmm. for dinner. But what if it's her time? I think that's fine. It's her time. I think she's entitled if she's comfortable. But I think that's a decision that they both have to make. Because, again, they're 15, 16. What are the kids like? Are they responsible? Are they, you know, and again, that's her time. So she's the one that maybe has to worry. Are they going to throw a party at the house? Or are they going to be as attentive as they should at that age? I think that's a lot on the kids. And I think the father has a right to know that this is what's going on. The mm-hmm. kids are being left alone. Even though they're of the legal age to do that, I think you have a responsibility to let your former spouse know that the kids are going to be left on their own for an overnight Okay, but let's be very honest here. We wouldn't always know what's going on if Zach was home alone or if they were home alone here. No, I guess we, do, we don't as much anymore. And, and I guess he is 16, so. It could go both ways. I'll tell you what, though. I talk to the kids enough. I know. I, I reach out almost every day. So I know when she's not there. I'll talk to him and he'll be um, mm-hmm. arms away. But typically, maybe an overnighter. But it's just dinner, I think, not flying away and... And leaving him. I think the out of state thing is the piece. Like it's if you're Mm -hmm. in the next town or if you can drive home, if something happens, like when you are out of state, that is, yeah, she should have had, give them a heads up. I think, yeah. But there's a lot of things that should happen in a co-parenting situation that would be right in a perfect world. In a perfect world. And we've been that, and we've been in that stage where you're not really talking and probably we didn't know everything that was going on over there and Mm -hmm. she wouldn't know everything that was going on here. Okay. If your stepkid has no interest in seeing dad and their mom is not encouraging it. We've talked about this before. Just kind of constantly keeping in touch, trying to keep that relationship open, meeting them where they're at. Yeah, we've gone through that where one of the kids has hit out at their mom's for a period of time. And I called every day. Mm -hmm. I kept in touch. And I made it quite clear that, you know, ours was because I punished over here and there was a hideout over there and that I wasn't going to tolerate that. But I also reached out every day to make sure that, we were in touch and you're going to come back at some point and this isn't going to be the relationship. And, mm-hmm. and that you love, love them. Love yeah. them and yeah, they're still always welcome here. This is their home. This is their, they will understand someday why. Mm-hmm. But it's hard sometimes to convince the ex to advocate for that or be on side. Although I have, I've gone over and you have, we've advocated when to make sure that they see their mother. Yeah. It's just really hard when you have another parent who's, who's just kind of taking advantage of that and isn't encouraging that. But I think, again, just showing up and making sure they know that they are loved and that you're there when they're ready and kind of meeting them where they're at. College-aged stepkid comes home from college, stays at their mom's house and doesn't tell us and tells their younger siblings not to tell us. Well, it's a relationship issue at that point. That would be my thing. I don't think they have any obligation to tell you when they're coming home from college. They should want to tell you and having an open and honest conversation about what's going on. Because at this point, they're adults, or they're going to be an adult, depending on when they're in college. And I think for us, the goal has always been to create a relationship where they 
want to come home because you can't force a 20 year old or 21 year old or 25 year old or 35 year old to come home for dinner. Right. So how do you work on that relationship? Yeah, I think that is something that we haven't really faced, but we kind of do. I'll sometimes hear about our oldest daughter was home for a day or two and went to her mom's. Not that she told the kids not to tell us, but I think it was more convenient because she was seeing friends in that town versus being here. So there might be reasons why. Obviously, if the child is saying don't tell, then there is some guilt and there is something there that you might want to talk to them, you know, and say, hey, if you're going to come home, we understand you're over a certain age and you can go where you want, but we'd love to know you're in town. You can stay there and mm-hmm. leave it open like that. And they might really appreciate that. It might even bring them closer to you that they don't have to hide that they went home. And and we've never been like that. You know, if she came home and stayed at her mom's for a few days, that would be fine. It might be that our house is more hectic and she's studying, or it might be that she wants to see her friends. It might be that she's got to get away from people because she lives with five roommates. There could be a hundred reasons why she picked that house over coming here. Totally. My in-laws invited my husband's ex and her significant other to stay at their house for 2.5 weeks. We've run into that. Not for 2. Point, <laughs> no, they've, no. They've never invited We their- actually, they've never invited my ex, but when we f- were first together, my ex made attempts to go up to their place and, and want to spend the night. And I kiboshed that. It just wasn't fair to you because you're my new spouse. And I think it's great that they have a relationship. It's great that they're cordial. It's great that they can see each other and say hi, or they can even talk here and there, or or maybe she reaches out to say hello every once in a while. But I really think that it would be awkward to have her go and stay at their place, especially with her other for two and a half weeks. I don't, I don't get that unless Mm -hmm. there's some dynamics they're friends or there's a connection or there's a business relationship or there's something else on top of that. I could never see going and spending time with you at my ex's parents' place. I think that would be more than awkward. Yeah. I guess it depends on your relationship too. And I do think I've changed my tune on this a little bit from the beginning days of being a stepmom when I was, you know, trying to find my place, feeling insecure, feeling like I wasn't measuring up. And then you know, her having a relationship with your sister, your mom just made me feel insecure. But now like looking back from a different perspective, and we've talked about this. So you're really good friends with my sister's husband. Does your friendship or your relationship with him end if they split? No. Right. So, you know, it's not fair in that respect too. So it's a really tricky situation. It's really hard to kind of navigate but we'd be pissed. Uh, certainly okay friends, yeah. But I think it would be weird spending like two and a half weeks at their house. That is just... I know. I, I, I get maybe it, maybe go for a visit you're in town, you know? Actually, if I saw my ex's father and he said, let's go for a coffee or something, I would absolutely do it, you know? He's a super person. But I, I wouldn't go and spend a couple weeks with them. Yeah. But okay. maybe, maybe it's a different relationship. Yeah, that's I don't a know. long time. When your partner seems defensive about their child who is 12, we've definitely dealt with that. So I'm guessing stepmom has some issues and stepmom's trying to implement some sort of structure, routine, discipline. Yes. And dad is getting defensive. Yeah. You tend to defend your kid. And again, how are you coming at it? You'll get defensive if they come in with really snide comments about it. Yeah. You don't like my snide comments. No, I don't. I think you have to be more polite about it. 
If you come in and they've done something little and you make it out to be a criminal offense, yeah, I'm going to get defensive. A I'm criminal like, offense? I'm just using that as an example. Have sometime. I ever done that? No, but sometimes when you're mad at something, you take it to the extreme of how you feel about that child at the moment. Okay. A little bit. Or do you think that maybe you are just <laughs> blind because you're more forgiving and you feel like it might be a little bit of an attack on your parenting, so you get a little bit defensive there too? No, I think it's an attack on that child. So what does she do in this situation? <laughs> I think you have to word it a certain way that it's not going to make somebody feel that they have to defend. I think you want to go in and have a conversation and talk about the situation. Is it the environment the kid's in? Is it the, you know, is there something else that's, that's causing this? And then go from there and maybe it is just the kid being a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found but, really it's But you can't just co in you just come in and that's sometimes why they get defensive. I think naturally you're gonna defend your kid a little bit unless you it, unless it's obvious. You know, I know when the kids are blatantly doing something wrong. We know you've seen me blow up at them. And I totally agree with you. So Yeah, for sure. I do think that sometimes biological parents have a bit more of forgiveness and a different perspective than the step parents. Like they can come in with less emotion. And so I've been talking about that, like there's blind spots when it comes to step parenting. And sometimes we think things are a bigger deal or our delivery isn't as empathetic maybe as it would be because there's so many other emotions flying around just about your role as a stepmom and how you're feeling about your home and lack of control and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, maybe sometimes. And to that point, sometimes when it comes to that where you're where you're getting defensive, it's a buildup of a whole bunch of things because you don't talk about it early. I used to find that when you and I would get into an argument over the kids it wouldn't be about that one incident. It would be about 10 things that child had done over the last little while mm -hmm. and you hadn't said anything. True. When your mother-in-law keeps interfering with your parenting and thinks your husband should divorce you. <laughs> That's a mighty... It's a mighty big situation. Well, it's a mighty intrusive mother-in-law. Well, unless, yeah. you know, how, how involved is his mother-in-law? I get mother-in-laws will throw comments out and make judgment and say things, but to go to the extreme to totally criticize your parenting and think that there should be a divorce out of this as the outcome, I would think that parent needs to back off. I think the husband and, needs to get and some the husband and should, stand up should, for his should wife. say something immediately to his mother that you're not in the situation and unless the mother has some valid points and then you need to sort of look at yourself and say, okay, What's going on here? Mm -hmm. But again, I think that's a mother-in-law that's way too involved. If she's and maybe a husband who's a little too husband needs to get a spine. Yeah, and stop telling his mom stuff. Right, that's the thing too. Well, that's it. Is the husband bitching to the mom because she she might not? She there's no way she can know the intricacies of the relationship and the dynamic, and unless she's getting a bunch of feedback from somebody, or does your mother-in-law live with you? Which yeah. could be problem number one. Well, that'd be a hard no for me. <laughs> grandparents overstep with your kids. They allow the kids to do something that you wouldn't. I think that's just grandparents. That's a grandparent thing. That isn't anything to do with steps. Grandparents always allow. I hear friends of mine talking about when their parents are supposed to be checking in on the kids and know they're having a party and let it happen. And we've had that happen. And it, Oh, I was so pissed off. It's not. Um, they're being grandparents. They don't want to rat the kids out. The kids aren't getting hurt or nothing really bad is happening. And then we didn't even know. And you find out months later. 
How do you handle the kids wanting to live with you and not bio mom? And I think this is when the kids are younger because we've dealt with this with Heath when he was, but he was 18. He- yeah, but did we also, I also dealt with that a year after we split. He, he wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. And um, then there was times he wanted to be there when he was mad yeah, at us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We just did, we were pretty good at keeping to the schedule when they were young. They were too young to make that decision. They needed to see both of us. And um, yeah, that was the big thing. It was just being adamant. This is the schedule. It's not flexible. Now, when they got older, we flexed the schedule a little bit. If they wanted to be somewhere for a bit or they, they have friends or they have different things going on. And plus, they don't want to be with us as much. We're not entertaining them as much when they're older. So we, we flexed. And then, you know, basically at 18, you know, they can really go where they want now. And we, mm-hmm. we, you know, well, at 16, they can really go where they want. Yeah, like if, we, make, we, make the, we make the home as loving and as accommodating and, and we want them here. I think you need to really encourage them to have a relationship with the other parent, no matter what. I think that's where my parents made a mistake. Like my dad never encouraged me to call my mom and never encouraged that relationship. And I look back and I'm like, I wasn't old enough to really understand what was going on. You know, I wasn't old enough to make that decision or play the long game on that. So I think each parent should be encouraging a healthy relationship with the other parent. But, you know, if it is something like if there's a valid reason as to why they want to have that living switch or that living arrangement switch, then, you know, they need to have that that conversation. But try to take your ego out of it. Like what's in the kid's best interest in terms of that living arrangement? I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving who also help support the show. Okay, it is spring, which means it's time for spring cleaning. It's time for a life edit. Personally, I'm all about the life edit by my friend Krista Williams from the Almost 30 podcast. Her life edit program is a step-by-step program to help you embody your best self now. This isn't just about taking some old clothes to Goodwill and cleaning out that junk drawer. It is about taking action to attract what you really want in all areas of your life and creating physical and energetic spaces of your dreams. This program is for you if you feel disorganized and scattered, if your digital and physical spaces are cluttered, I'm raising my hand here, your health and wellness routines lack intention and purpose, you feel overwhelm, shame, and guilt when you think about your finances, you feel drained spending energy on people or things that aren't fulfilling you, you have old narratives about yourself that are blocking you from moving forward. You feel like your life doesn't reflect the person you truly are. In Krista's transformational program, there's a digital edit, a spatial edit, a financial edit, wellness edit, mental edit, relationship edit. There's a spiritual component. Basically, Krista is here to walk you through the edit of your life and to help you align with your highest self. Now you can get access to all of the individual edits together, or you can grab them a la carte. I am so proud to be an affiliate of this program because I know firsthand how impactful it can be. If you are ready to invest in yourself and become aligned with your highest self, you've got to check it out. Head to jamiescrimger.com forward slash life edit and use the code Jamie to get 20% off, which is freaking amazing. That's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash life edit and use the code Jamie to get 20% off. You can also find the program on the Almost 30 podcast website. Still there, you use the code Jamie for 20% off. I talk a lot about my morning routine, but my nighttime routine is just as important. When it's off, I notice a huge difference in the quality of my sleep and how I show up the next day. So here's the deal. I love to go to bed early. 
When we're done dinner, I'm usually completely off of social. I often delete it off my phone so I'm not distracted and don't have that urge. I'll do some reading with Reese, putter around, light a candle, clean up the kitchen, and just set the vibe for the end of the day. When I get into my bedroom, I plug in my phone across the room because I don't want to be tempted, and I get ready for bed. When I'm done reading my book, I crawl out of bed and turn on the Newcom Deep Sleep Journey. This is what puts me to sleep. The sounds and music is just, I love it so freaking much. Newcom is such a huge part of my daily routine, and many times I use it up to twice a day. What used to be exclusively available to U.S. military, pilots, professional athletes, doctors, and cancer patients, and used to be a $6,000 FDA class three medical device can now be yours through an app. It gives you the power to change your state, manage stress and anxiety, focus, and find your flow. Backed by over 33 years of clinically proven patent neuroscience, this technology is so easy to use and so powerful. At night, I use the deep sleep journey. And during the day, if I need a reset, I use one of their daytime journeys. It just helps me refocus, manage my anxiety, find my flow, relax. And really, it's just everything I need to help me show up as my best. If you want to neutralize stress, restore sleep, and reach peak performance, you have to check this out. And Newcom has given a special offer to listeners of the podcast. So just head to www.newcom.com, that's N-U-C-A-L-M.com, and use the code JAMIE10 for 10% off. That's www.newcalm.com, and use the code JAMIE10 for 10% off. You're going to freaking love it. My sister-in-law invited my stepkids via the ex to a family birthday party after we had already RSVP'd no. I've heard of that happening before where they go around. So my question would be, who has the kids at that time? Mm-hmm. And was your no because you have something going on with the kids or was your no, you just didn't want to go to this party? And I would, if okay, say it was my sister and we are RSVP'd no, and then she asked my ex, I'd probably be a little upset being, why wouldn't you take our no? But there's got to be more to it than, than mm-hmm. that. And that's the open-ended question. What is, what is the more to it that the kids couldn't go to this birthday party and they had to go to the ex? I would appreciate her just going to me. But if there's something going on with our dynamic, maybe I've had a falling out with my sister. And then she goes and wants the kids to the party and we hold that back from the kids. I kind of get that, that you try it, you know, but again, I think she's, she's going to stress that relationship I with get her it. brother and sister-in-law. Like if the kids were with their mom, it's their mom's time and you said no because you didn't have the kids or you're not available or maybe you're pissed at her or whatever. If it's the mom's time, yeah, I think she, she I think she should fully be asked because maybe she's got something going on, but mm-hmm. maybe that comes through the, the, the dad and the stepmom, uh, you know, the kids have been invited to my sister's party or... If you're afraid she's going to say no because it's coming from you, then let the sister ask because it might be received better coming from her if she really wants the kids there. So again, there's there's more of this than that question that we'd have to know. Small little Instagram boxes. <laughs> do we let the ex's snide comments about me and us slide or do we address them? I think you, you just don't respond to someone talking to you in a disrespectful way and just let them know that you're not going to have conversations with them if they're going to be a jerk. Yeah, I had to do that at the beginning when... You know, she had a nickname for you. I finally had to say after a year and Stop a bit. Stop calling that, her the Pop-Tart. You know, don't call her the Pop-Tart. 
we're engaged now, you know, at that it point. It is kind of funny. Like You didn't mind it. it. You didn't, didn't mind it. But it's you know, it was disrespectful when she'd say your Pop-Tart. <laughs> it's funny now. It's, I can laugh at it. But I'm like, you know what? It's been a year and a half or two years. I'm now engaged to this girl. This isn't some Pop-Tart that's come along and you can just degrade her and make fun of her or whatever if that's what you're doing or you want a nickname to make yourself feel more secure I have no idea why she did it, but I finally said, okay, that's, you know, and she stopped. Yeah. And I think she probably looks back too and feels like a, a dipshit. You know what though? I would if I made split, up a name about her boyfriend. If we split and you got together with someone way younger than me really quick and, you know, how our situation panned out, you know, it would be hurtful to me and it would be hard for me, even if I wanted to like leave the marriage, even if I knew the marriage was done. So, like, looking back, you know, 10 years in, yeah, she had a nickname for me. I'm it's not, okay I'm that kinda, she had a I'm nickname kinda, like, it was re- to it herself, but not call okay, you it to but me. But, like, I, I'm okay with it. I was always kind of okay with it. But I do think, like, if you're constantly like, having someone disrespect you or your family or your relationship or your partner, like, in regular conversation, you don't need to be engaging in those type of conversations. Like, you can set some boundaries around communication and get really clear on what you will and will not respond to. And, yeah, you don't have to argue about it. You can just be quite clear. I was quite clear, you know, that that's not her name. You don't need to call her that. And this is about Mm -hmm. you and not her. Yeah, but, you know what, in her defense, I don't know. I kind of liked it. What would you do if one of... Darren's kids or the ex-wife did not want you at their graduation ceremony. That's kind of the similar to the. Similar to the wedding. It's hard. I wouldn't go if they don't want you there. Like if the kid wants you there, go. But if the kid doesn't want you there, it's their special day. Like it's just not worth it. Work on your relationship after. You don't want that to cause them stress and tension on that day. Yeah. And they may respect you more after if you step aside longer term, if you force yourself on them, I think that's harder. But, and as they get older, you know, any tensions we've had are kind of going away because the kids are getting older and realizing, hey, you're not that bad. And you also respected their boundaries. And I think that goes a long ways. Mm-hmm, for sure. If your husband is still flirting with his ex and his ex feels entitled since he has known her longer. If my husband was flirting with any other woman, my ass would be out the door so quick. Are you going to respond to that? <laughs> well, I, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you should be flirting with your ex. And I, I don't understand why you would be flirting with your ex. And I, yeah, I don't think anyone would purposely flirt with somebody. I really feel like, because I know there's some stepmoms who feel insecure or worried when their husband goes and is spending time with the ex, like thinking something could rekindle or think, thinking, you know, something could happen. To me, if you have that worry in a relationship and you can't trust them with their ex, you know, at like a joint something there's a lot more to dive into, right? Like when you say, when you went over to her house to kind of like deal with some stuff with the kids, nothing in me thought that you would spark some like reconnection of love, right? Like I, did, I didn't worry about that. I didn't worry no, about you guys flirting or I didn't we, worry about that. I think that that's- for a, 11 years. So no, that's no. Well, I think that if you are having that worry or you're, husband is flirting with someone else like there's some work to do on your marriage because it's just hard you don't want to go through life with that worry and insecurity which is a valid insecurity like it's it's a valid worry if you knew that high conflict birth mom so hcbm is what people say is violating her domestic violence probation would you hire a private investigator 
Domestic, sorry, what? I think that's there's a domestic violence probation situation on the going mom? on on the mom, I'm guessing. And, and she's probation. violated it? Yeah, she's violating probation. Should you hire a private investigator? Well, I think if you know she is, then you just deal with what should be done as far as the law goes. Yeah, as far as the law goes, if you know that. Really? Like call the cops and say she's violating probation? Do you want to be the stepmom who does that? And then Oh, the stepmom. Oh, I thought you were talking about the dad. I don't know. That's that's a tricky one. What kind of violation? Is it something that you have to worry about with the kids? Yeah, that's that would be my biggest concern and then make a decision from there, you know. That's that's a whole different subject. That comes down to legal and law and and safety of the kids. But I don't know if you need to hire a private always put that first. Yeah, I don't know if you need a private investigator. If you know that's happening, then you you have to address it. Yeah, for sure. I think it comes down to the safety of the kids, not just getting her in trouble for the sake of getting her in trouble. Yeah. My stepdaughter doesn't want to contact her mom at all on holidays or regarding any event. She lives with us full time. Again, I kind of, I'll speak to this one because I wish that my dad would have made me call my mom and really facilitated that relationship. At 10 years old, you just don't have the foresight to know the impact this could have on your relationship. Like, you know, I think you need to be encouraged to have that, that type of relationship and that type of communication, you know, a, a quick call. It doesn't take long. I no, it doesn't take long. And, and you don't want longer term that child to come back at you and, and say exactly what you're saying right now. You know, I was only 10 years old. I should have called mom. Mm-hmm. Or why didn't you tell me to call mom? Mm-hmm. You do have a responsibility as a parent to, no matter how hard this relationship is with the ex or stressed, to still put that aside and think about the child's well-being longer term. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right, just a few more. She didn't raise child support when she could have. Do we lower it now that we can? My husband thinks we should. Well, I value the peace that we've had for a while. Well, you don't want her to go back and say, well, you owed me this. It should have been this. It could turn into this big, messy thing. My thought on that that is that the fact that she didn't when she could have, and now you can, I might kind of look at the big picture and say, okay, are we at peace? Does this have an end date? And can we keep it the same? And it's not going to hurt us financially and give her that. I would fully do that if mm-hmm. she took the high road on us. I'd be like, you know what? She she took the high road on us and didn't raise it. And we're going to take the high road with her and we're not going to lower it. You know, unless there's a significant reason, you know, one of the other kids has gone away to school and you're, t- you're incurring a big cost and you have to look at the big picture. But I would definitely- like if it's a cons- few hundred dollars. Yeah, I would definitely consider, you know, let's keep the peace, pay a little extra for a while and because we didn't have to pay- because mm-hmm. you don't want to get into a battle with her going for back pay. Well, I should have brought it up. Like, you know, it could just turn into this big, huge mess. Respecting the other parent's time. Should there be boundaries on communication? I've been getting this question a lot lately about parents, like not wanting the other parent to call every day or things like that. I don't get that, to be quite honest. Like, I think you should be able to talk to your other parent whenever you want. Yeah, I've heard of that where there's only certain times or they, you know, every other day schedules for calls. I think if it's, it's hard when you go through a divorce and you don't see your kids now every day and you were used to seeing your kids every day, I think you should allow the parent to talk to them as much as they want. Now, I think that if you're disrupting, you know, if we're having family Christmas with, and they call all the time in the middle of an event because they know that event's going on. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little, you know, you know, the kid's busy, you know, the kids, but if it's 
them calling on Christmas because they're sad, they miss their kids. You, certainly, I, I would say it's okay for them to find a time during that day to call the kids or uh-huh. talk to the kids multiple times. But, you know, if, if there's an event going on, I, I sometimes think the other ex takes a, that moment to, you know, position themselves again and want to talk to the kids at that time when really do you need to talk at this specific time or sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, it's a marking territory kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, so they pick up the phone. Like we've had this when the kids were younger, say their mom would call, we'd be like, we're just having dinner. Can she, we'll call you back. Right. The kids did that to us. Yeah, that's true. And we did that when she called. But yeah, I don't think it's intrusive. And I think we have to remember these are people, they're not timeshares. So it's not about parenting time being respected. And I get there's an element where things can be disrespected, but it is the kid's time. And I think we need to value that relationship. Right. When I'm gone, I talk to Reese every day, period. And that, yeah. I don't think that would change. Maybe multiple times a day. Yeah. And if you and I were separated, I could see you calling all the time. Yeah. I would be checking in. <laughs> that is for sure. Okay. So if Maddie came home in her 20s with a boyfriend that had kids, would you advise against it? Well, I'd be pretty I hypocritical if think we did. That, uh, any parent will point out aspects of a relationship that, could be challenging, but like we said, people pointed that out to you and, and it's worked for us. Yeah, she's an adult. She can make her so own decisions. So she can make a decision that she wants to make if she, you know, if she wants to follow her heart and she's in love with somebody and it comes with a little extra. Is that what I did with you? I'm guessing. Yeah. Followed my heart. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be hypocritical to, to say mm-hmm. something, but yeah, I think any parent's going to point out possible flaws in a relationship. But again, as an adult, it's up to the child. All right. Last one. What would you do if your marriage was no longer serving you, especially when the kids were younger? Marriage is no longer serving me. So that means you're not in love. You're not happy. Maybe you are in love. Maybe it just isn't serving you. Okay. You love the person, but it's not serving you. So how come it's not serving you? Well, it's especially when the kids were young. We talk about this a lot. When you have young kids and you can be in the trenches, you know, there were days in our marriage where I was like, this shit is not serving me at all. This is very hard. But, you know, is it an everyday thing? Or, like, I don't think you should make a permanent decision on a temporary emotion. Yeah, you get into the trenches of marriage in general or or being a step-parent, the thankless job sometimes. And, yeah, I'm sure it's not serving you. Mm-hmm. I'll guarantee it didn't serve you at times, yeah. but you have to look Serves at me the a longer big pile game. Of- you have to look at the longer game and you have to look at, are you in love with that person? And th- that period, we can testify that that goes very quick looking mm-hmm. back on it now. And had we have given up, we would be upset that mm-hmm. we gave up because it gets better. If so you do decide that. It gets better if you do the work. We've done a lot of work on our marriage. We have done a lot of work on how we communicate and how we fight and how we pick our battles. Like we have come so far. Mm-hmm. You know, even yesterday when we couldn't find that envelope of the cash for the trip, like think about your reaction to me cleaning out that drawer and potentially losing that envelope now versus five years ago. Five years ago, you would have flipped a lid. Right. And then I would have flipped a lid would have been a big fight. It would have been a big fight. It would have and lasted then, the whole day. And it would have turned up like it did. And we would have both had regrets. Whereas it just, it was a nice phone call when you said, oh, I found it. Yeah. Well, it, I, I had to clean that drawer because it was getting disgusting. So your lesson <laughs> is you just keep that drawer a little cleaner. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. I guess if your marriage is no longer serving you, then you need to. Well, you need to dive into your marriage. This isn't anything to do with step 
you need to dive into your marriage. And again, marriage doesn't always serve you. I can tell you're hanging on for dear life at times. What? No, when there are periods, you know that. Okay. We've been through dear periods. Dear life? Yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful when you're, especially in a step situation, when you're dealing with all these, we've always talked about that. You're, you're getting something from the ex, you're getting something from the new wife, you're getting something from the kids, you've got work obligations, you've got extracurricular, you're trying to balance your friends, your, your mental health. It's challenging. So there are moments when the whole relationship is not serving you, but you know it's there for a reason and you love it and you get through it. I guess hanging on for dear life is a little bit of yeah, an exaggeration. Play a little tiny violin for you. Well, thanks so much, Darren. <laughs> um, no. All right. Well, that's it for this one. If you guys want us to do more of these episodes, they're kind of fun, just kind of quickly going through situations and how we would approach it. But again, thank you so much, Darren, for coming on. You're welcome. Love you. I love you too. Even though you're hanging on for dear life with our marriage. Well, you know what I mean. Okay. We'll talk about it after the microphone's off. Yeah. This is when we get in a big <laughs> fight. No, I'm just joking. I know. <laughs> That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. But only if you like the episode though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.